to the book of Nahum tonight. Now, Joe, humor me for a second, okay? Just start playing the video of Nahum for a second, because I have a feeling that video is going to be the same exact way. Let's just play a little bit of it. Let's see. The book of the prophet Nahum. Yeah, same thing. All right, so we can go ahead. We'll skip the video tonight. I will send out a link later at church to you. I'll send it out via our Remind app, and I'll send you a link to the video to watch the book of Nahum so you can have that. Um, if you haven't noticed, we redid, we, our sound has got updated. So for Facebook and things, and for YouTube, the picture quality is way better, as well as other things. But the one area that we were having trouble with was the knob on the computer turning it up on the thing. And so we just got to fix that and make that work. So it's all never a dull moment. There's always something else. Joe's doing a good job, so it wasn't his fault tonight. We'll just blame the computer for that one. And so, but if you look, praise the Lord, it's a lot clearer. If you, you should go back sometime. If you go on YouTube or go on Facebook, go back to like the third week of March and look at our live stream and just look at where it's come in this time. And we are not a very tech-savvy church. We're not, okay? Maybe some of you are, but overall, we're not. And we're getting there. We're getting some, maybe, maybe not. But this is the problem with technology. Once you think you've got it, then it's obsolete and you're behind the times already because it's new stuff all the time. And so, but we're getting somewhere. There's an infrared thing checking all of you right now and pictures being taken of you everywhere. Just kidding. Just, man, some of you got like a serious look on your face. I wouldn't do that. In fact, the way the camera's set up now, only I am visible. None of you are. So if the government decided to try and shut down this ser service and see who was in here tonight, I'm the only one they would know that was standing here. So you're all safe tonight. But I'll start naming your names in a moment, and we'll be in good shape. When this whole thing started happening, what did I do? I used to, I have a program where I keep track of everyone who's here. And every week I'd check you in, everything else. I quit checking everybody in. I just leave it blank now. So if anybody asks, who was at church on Sunday? I honestly don't have a clue. There was people here, and that's about all that I know. We're in the book of Nahum tonight. In the book of Nahum, it's a great book. And it's interesting. The name Nahum means comfort. But this book, there's not a lot of comfort when you look at it off the, from the cuff when you look at it. And how many of you enjoyed listening? And some of you are old enough, and you'll know who I'm talking about here in a second. Some of you don't have a clue. Paul Harvey. Anybody enjoy listening to Paul Harvey on the radio? And uh, his series and where he would go through the rest of the story right? If I were to name the book of Nahum, it would be the rest of the story. And if you don't know what I'm talking about with Paul Harvey, you can go online and it was way before my time, okay? But, you know, nowadays, if it's not on, if there's not digital pictures and everything else, it's hard to follow. But Paul Harvey was an excellent, excellent on the radio. And I'd encourage you, you can type it in, you can type in Paul Harvey, the story. There's so many different broadcasts, so many things needed for so long, going back to World War II, and then he f followed on for a long time. And basically, the rest of the story consisted of stories present, presented as little known or forgotten facts on the variety of subjects. And then um, at the end, he would say who that person was, or whatever the case may be, the rest of the story of that person. And so tonight, what is Nahum the rest of the story of what? It's the rest of the story of the book of Jonah. Remember how Jonah 
got mad at God and said, really, why are we saving these people? They took us captive. They are wicked. You should be destroying them, not bringing revival to them. Well, the book of Nahum finishes up what happened to Nineveh. So you could say that the book of Nahum is just a continuation of the book of Jonah. And so we looked at Nahum chapter 1, look at verse number 1. The burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Eklashite, God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth, the Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry and drieth up the rivers. Bashan languisheth and caramel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him and the hills melt. And the earth is burnt at his presence, yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. But with an overrunning flood... He will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do ye imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. For while they be folded together as thorns, and while they are drunken as drunkards, they shall be devoured as stubble fully dry. There is one come out of thee, that imagineth evil against the Lord, a wicked counselor. Thus saith the Lord, though they be quiet, and likewise many, yet thus shall they be cut down when they have passed through. Though I have afflicted thee, I will afflict thee no more. For now will I break his, oak from off, his yoke from off thee, and will burst thy bonds in sunder. And the Lord shall give a commandment concerning thee, that no more of thy name be sown out of the house of thy gods, while I cut off the graven image and the molten image. I will make thy grave, for thou art vile. Behold upon the mountains the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. O Judah, keep thy solemn feasts, perform thy vows, for the wicked shall no more pass before thee, he shall utterly cut off. He that dasheth in pieces has come up before thy face. Keep the munition, watch the way, make thy loins strong, fortify thy power mightily. For the Lord hath turned away the excellency of Jacob as the excellency of Israel. For the emptiers have emptied them out and marred their vine branches. And the shield of his mighty men is made red. And the valiant men are in scarlet. The chariots shall be with flaming torches in the day of his preparation. And the fig tree shall be terribly shaken. You can skip down with me to verse number 11. 
Where is the dwelling of the lions and the feeding place of the young lions? Where the lion, even the old lion, walked and the lions whelped and none made them afraid. The lion did tear in pieces enough of his whelps and strangled for his lioness and filled with holes with prey and his dens with ravens. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke. And the sword shall devour thy young lions, and I will cut off thy prey from the earth, and the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. Chapter 3. Woe to the bloody city. It is all full of lies and robbery, and prey departeth not. Talking about Nineveh. Go back, hold your place here, Nahum, and go back to Jonah for a minute. Jonah chapter number 3. And look with me at verse number 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast. And you know the rest of the story, verse number 10. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Go to chapter 4 of Jonah. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I know, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thou of the evil. The book of Jonah, there's quite a bit of mercy on God's part to the Nineveh. But the book of Nahum, that mercy is turned to wrath. It's the rest of the story. What, no, what Jonah wanted was for God to destroy them when he preached the truth to them. But that wasn't God's plan. The book of Jonah and the events of Jonah take place a hundred years before Nahum's takes place. God's judgment was stayed from the people of Nineveh for about a hundred years. For a little bit of time tonight, I want to talk about the book of Nahum and give you some thoughts as we look at this. And it's been said that the grace God showed to Assyria or to Nineveh in Jonah's day was a reflection of what it was like when Jesus came the first time. It's also said in Nahum, it shows what Christ will do when he returns the second time. The rest of the story. Nahum made it clear that the judgment comes for those who reject the Lord and continue to live in an unrepentant lifestyle. Nahum also reminds us of the fact that revival is not a permanent thing. Just because you're doing well following God, just as the city of Nineveh was in Jonah's day, you won't stay there without deliberate, daily, 
intentional decisions. Very quickly, and Christian, you listen up tonight, and maybe this is something you need to hear tonight. Very, very quickly, a life, a family, a church can move far away from God. Just because one day you're close to God, feel a great relationship with God, and you and God are good, like Nineveh was, in one day, that can change very quickly, and all that progress can be gone. Don't ever get thinking to yourself, you've arrived in the Christian life, because none of us ever do. The moment we think we've arrived is the moment we start to depart, because pride. Revival isn't permanent. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if it was? But it wouldn't be earth if revival was permanent because we're not perfect. People mess up. Let's talk a little bit about tonight about Nineveh. We think about Assyria. Do you have a map on there that you're going to put up on the screen for me? We see ancient Assyria. In 722 B.C., you see Assyria up on the top, and you have your notes there. You see Nineveh up there. Just if you look at the top middle, that's Haran, and you look a little to the right, you have the city of Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. Assyria in 722 came, and if you look, you see Samaria, right? Damascus and Samaria. Samaria was the capital of Israel. Assyria in 722 came and took captive the children of Israel. Remember, Israel was split into two. By this time, they're split into two. You had Judah and Israel. Judah was taken captive by the Babylonians later. The first thing that happened was you had Samaria, you had Israel taken captive by Assyria. They conquered them. Nahum prophesied about a hundred years after Jonah. Remember that great revival, and the whole city turned to God. Nineveh did. I mean, Jonah preached the weakest message I've ever heard. And that's what's so wonderful about it. It's not about the preacher's message. It's about the Spirit of God working in, in the people. It's about the Word of God being preached. And that gives me, that makes me feel a little better sometimes, where after a service I'm like, Man, that was one of the worst sermons I ever preached. And I feel that way often. I laid an egg tonight, whatever the case may be. But Jonah laid a big egg. And it was the best, the biggest revival I think you could ever say took place in the history of mankind. Took place under Jonah with a pathetic, weak, eight-word message. That's why it's so important to realize it's God that does the work. And praise God that he uses us, but it's God that does it. And praise God for what he does. We see a few generations later, a hundred years later, they were back to being one of the wickedest countries in the world. Stories are told of how they would defeat an enemy. Listen to this. They would skin them and hang their skins on the wall. Sometimes they would hang their entire body on a wall. Other times they would impale them on a pole and put them in the city for all to see how strong and how dominant the Assyrians were. God was done putting up with Nineveh. In Nahum, we see a people steeped in evil, 
that had been shown a great light, the gospel, but they'd gone back to darkness. Man, I don't know if that is describing what, what's happening in America today. You look, and great to have your phone going off right there, Bridget. And uh, Bridget, dun, 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 dun. what is that? What's that tune? What is that tune? Bad to the bone. Yes, that's it. If anybody could rock that song, Bridget is bad to the bone. I agree with that one right there. When she's helping out at school and everything else, that song should just be on repeat. Oh, da 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 da. Yeah, that's she is. She is that that song fits you, Bridget. She's bad to the bone. Kids, we on Tuesday we are one month away from school starting, and don't forget, Miss Bridget is bad to the bone. Don't forget that. And uh, wow, I'm not I'm not gonna forget that. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna download that song and be playing that anytime you walk in the room. And uh, I'll have some fun with that one. And uh, who knew what that song was? Who knew that song? Avon? How do you know that's? Never mind. We'll leave that alone right there. Is that your mom's favorite song too? We sh- oh, it's one of yours? Okay. that's Bad to the bone. Nineveh was bad to the bone. <laughs> that could have been the theme song for the city of Nineveh. And God said enough. You're not going to be bad to the bone anymore. (laughs) I'm trying to get my mind to where I was before all that happened. And my mind still isn't going back there. We look at our country, look at America. And you look at our founding under God. And there are a lot of people that try to deny the existence of our country and say that God didn't play a big part. But then why is Moses on all these different buildings? Why are the Ten Commandments? Why are Bible verses all over the place? This country was founded under God. There have been great revivals, great things happen because of America and the world for God. But there's not a lot of that happening anymore. And just as God judged Nineveh, I think sometimes we get this idea inside of our heads. You realize that we are not God's chosen people. America is not. America is not God's chosen people. And God has been very good to America. But tell me why God should continue to be good today. I really don't have a reason. Nineveh, we see a people steeped in evil that have been shown the light. But they've gone back to their darkness. And they were bad to the bone, just like Bridget's song that went off a second ago. Bridget, you totally missed I mean, uh, Jennifer, you totally missed it. Her phone goes off, and I'm like, what is that song? And someone over here, it's one of his favorites, too. That's bad to the bone, and your mom rocks that song. That's a good song for her. And so I told all the kids at school, you just remember a month from now, she's bad to the bone. Don't forget it. And I'm going to download that song later, and anytime she walks in the room, I'm going to start playing that song. I told you a few minutes ago the name Nahum means comforter. Now, this is the thing. How does the name Nahum bring comfort? Have you read the, we just read part of the book, right? So where does the comfort come? Doesn't it seem kind of strange that a book of great destruction written by a man whose name means comforter? But this is what it is. Get this. The message of God's judgment is a comfort 
to God's people. If you're a victim of a crime, what's the most comforting sound you can hear? The sirens of a police officer and the first responders, unless you live in America today, then we want to disband them and all that. But you want to see justice. Remember how Jonah said, God, I don't want to go because I know you and you're going to be merciful to those people and they don't deserve your mercy. And God was merciful. But God's judgment came. And God's judgment was a comfort to God's people. May I remind you tonight, church, and as we get a little deeper into this tonight, I'm so glad to be on God's side tonight. He's not on my side. I'm glad I'm on his side. We look around us at the evils of this world, and we see the devil working and things around us. I've read the back of the book. He wins. He wins. He wins. Evil will not go unpunished. And though you might look sometimes and be like, God should punish them now. It's not your place. It wasn't Jonah's place. Because God is just and he will bring judgment at the right time. And it was a comfort to God's people as he did it right here in the book of Nahum. Now, something that's very interesting to me. At this time, as the book of Nahum was written, Nineveh was a powerhouse. It was, a, it was at its zenith. It was at the highest. This prophecy from Nahum, this was like not the time to write something like this. Because you look at it, it's like, how's anyone going to conquer Nineveh? Because Nineveh is such a powerful, great city. At that time, Assyria was at its zenith of its power. What was Nahum thinking? A prophet from a tiny nation who had been conquered was preaching about impending destruction of the world power that had conquered his nation. I love the fact that Nahum could speak with boldness here because he was speaking God's message. Hey, church, tonight we can speak with confidence and boldness when we're speaking the truth of God's word. Don't ever forget that. We read the first chapter of Nahum, and we read a few other passages as well. Do you realize there's little chapters, 47 verses, the 34th book in our study of all 66, more than halfway through our study of the books of the Bible. Chapters 2 and 3 deal with the downfall of Nineveh and the reasons for it. Go to chapter number 2, and look at why Nineveh was destroyed. We read verse 13 already, but we'll read it again. It said, Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke, and the sword shall devour thy young lions, and I will cut off thy prey from the earth, and the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. Look at chapter number 3. Woe to the bloody city is full of lies and robbery. The prey departeth not. Look at verse 5. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will discover thy skirts from thy face, and uh, so they weren't supposed to have face masks over their face. We see, no, I'm just kidding. And I will show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame. Look down at verse number 12. It says, All thy strongholds shall be like fig trees with the 
striped figs, if they be shaken, they shall even fall into the mouth of the eater. Look at verse number 15. There shall the fire devour thee, and the sword shall cut thee off. It shall eat thee up like the canker worm. Make thyself many as the canker worm. Make thyself many as the locust. Verse 17, thy crowned are as the locust. And you just see over and over again, you see what was going to happen to them. It's interesting to know. Look at verse number 19. It says, there is no healing of thy bruise. Thy wound is grievous. All the, that hear the brood of thee shall clap the hands over thee. For upon whom hath not thy wickedness passed continually? There are 12 minor prophets. Now, I don't know what the significance of this is, but there are only two of the 12 that end in a question. Does anybody know what other minor prophet ends in a question? <coughs> the book of Jonah. Is there some significance to that? I don't know. You look at it and you figure it out for me. But the book of Jonah and the book of Nahum are the only two minor prophets that end in a question. Amazing prophecies given in Nahum that would come true about 50 to 100 years later after this was written. Assyria was completely conquered in 612 B.C. Now I put in here for you, and I think in your notes you have this here. Um, I took this from a um, commentary. I stole it from Deaver's um, commentary, Mark Deaver's commentary. Now, you should see that there in your notes. Now, I just want you to look. I'm going to let you go through these on your own later on at home. But look at what, let's look at the first one. So you look at, look at Nahum chapter 3, verse number 12. All thy strongholds shall be like fig trees with the first ripe figs. If they be shaken, they shall even fall into the mouth of the eater. That prophecy there was the Assyrian fortresses surrounding the city would be easily captured is what that's talking about. Well, look at the historical fulfillment. Number one there in your notes, it says, According to the Babylonian Chronicle, the fortified towns in Nineveh began to fall in 614 B.C., including Tabris, present day, that place a few miles northwest of Nineveh. And you can take this graph later on and you can look at how the city of Nineveh was destroyed and the Assyrians were destroyed and see how the Bible, Nahum, gives a prophecy and you can see how it happened. And that's there in your notes. If you didn't get notes tonight because you don't like taking notes, I would grab the notes and read through those. And that's a good reason to have the notes. Think about this. Assyrians, they conquered God's people in 722 B.C., and God conquered Assyria for his people in 612 B.C., 110 years. It is that God's judgment is coming, and it's good news if you know the Lord, right? And praise God tonight that you know the Lord. Because may I tell you tonight, God's judgment's coming. It's coming. The Lord is coming again. And we're getting closer and closer to his coming. And may I just remind you tonight, you better know him. Nahum gave some comforting reminders to the people of God, and I want to give those to you tonight, and we'll be done. Some of the comforting reminders that, that Nahum gave was this. First of all, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of mercy. 
This book reminds us of the revival of Nineveh and God's great mercy. Even his message of judgment was an act of mercy for his children. God's hand was stayed for decades after this message. His mercy. Sometimes we look and we're like, why doesn't God just fix people that are being so wicked? Because he's a God of mercy. His mercy runs out at some point. Judgment is coming. But one of the things that we see from the book of Nahum, God's a God of mercy. His mercy was shown to Nineveh when Jonah preached. And the people got right. It didn't last for forever. But I think about that verse, how the Bible tells us that the Lord's not slack concerning his promise, but his long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Say, why hasn't the Lord just come yet? Because he's merciful. Because there's one more person that needs to get saved. But we see the fact that God is a God of mercy. Number two, we also see that God is a God of justice. God is a God of mercy and God is a God of justice. One of, one of the great things about the Lord, he is so balanced with all of these. We are not good. We are not good at balancing these things. Usually, we go from one extreme to another. Really not hard and stern, bad to the bone. But God is perfect balance. He's merciful, but he's also justice. I'm so grateful for the balance of God and how he is. Some of Nahum's comforting reminders, God's a God of mercy. Number two, God's a God of justice. Number three, God protects his own. God protects his own. Chapter one, verse number seven, the Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. God is stronger than a world power of the Assyrians. Nineveh was considered the first superpower in the world. At that time, when this was written, they ruled the entire Middle East. They even conquered Egypt. It was the most luxurious, most beautiful city in the world. And to this day, archaeologists marvel at the complex aqueduct system that was built 2,600 years ago. Maybe our governor should get some advice from Nineveh on how to keep water. We don't do a very good job of it. We let it run out in our aqueducts and things. But anyways, that's another story for another time. But no matter what we face, God is stronger. No matter what you struggle with, God is stronger. We look tonight at our world and we look at this virus, God is stronger. We look at our government today and we see some of these limitations and things around us on church, about singing in church. May I just remind you tonight that God is still stronger? He is stronger. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. May I remind you of that tonight? He's greater. He's far greater. Don't get 
discouraged tonight, don't put your head down. Pick it up and understand God protects his own. And sometimes we got to go through the fire. Sometimes we got to go through the water. But as we do, he's right there with us every step of the way. And God is greater. Don't forget that tonight. I said this morning, how you view God is so important. Because we look around us tonight, and a lot of people are viewing God in spite of their circumstances. And circumstances seem so big, when in fact you should be looking at how big your God is. How big is God? He spoke the world into existence. He helped the children of Israel. Jesus conquered death and the grave, and he's coming again. Don't view your circumstances in life, how big they are. Look to God at how big he is tonight. He's a big God. The other day I was counseling with someone, and he just couldn't get past this concept. And he says, I'm saved, but the devil's so strong in my life. He said, if you're a saved child of God, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The one who gave the word of God to those who pin the word. The Holy Spirit, there is no one stronger. Don't forget that tonight. And yes, we look at Nineveh and what a great big city, but may I remind you of something tonight? God is stronger than anyone. Hey, Satan doesn't hold a candle to who God is tonight. Some comforting reminders. We see God's a God of mercy. We see God's a God of justice. God protects his own. God keeps his promises. Oh, aren't you glad that God keeps his promises? I am so thankful that God keeps his promises and he doesn't forget. Tonight, this morning, Johnny, he's like, hey, pastor, my, my car's getting worked on. Could you pick me up for church? Sure, no problem. Sitting in my office at 530. Hey, pastor, are you going to pick me up? Yeah, I'll be there in a couple minutes. What happened? I forgot. You know, my goal is always when I say I'm going to do something, do what I say. But sometimes with me, I just forget. Say, how do you do that? I hang out with Russ every once in a while. And he, you are who you hang around, right? And so, yeah, and so that's the problem. And uh, I'm not going to forget that bad to the bone with Bridget. But I, you know, maybe I need to hang around you more. And I can be bad like you. Or maybe I don't need to hang around you. Maybe you need to come to the altar tonight and get right with God, Miss Bad to the Bone. I feel bad for Julio if you're bad to the bone. But anyways... I got to stop this. She's going to get me later if I don't stop. There are a few women in this world that I fear. My wife is one. My mom is number two. And Bridget's number three. So I can't forget that right there. And uh, <laughs> But I do my best. I want to keep my promises all the time. But like, I forgot. I got him, so I did keep my promise. But I'm glad to know that God doesn't forget. God keeps his promise. That should be a comfort to your heart tonight. To know the fact that when God says he'll save you and no one can pluck you out of his hand, he means it when he said that. When he says you can call upon him and cast your care upon him because he cares for you, he meant it. He keeps his promises. What a great God. What a great comfort that is. This book, we, these books of prophecy are amazing for the historical prophecies that have been fulfilled. 
And when God says it, it will happen. Number five, a comfort. God loves all people. God loves all people. Nahum is one of many Old Testament examples of God reaching out to people other than Jews. I love that about God. God never ignored Gentiles in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. That should be a comfort to your heart. I'm glad he just didn't come for his chosen people. He came for you and me. And then the last thing tonight, and this is, this is supposed to be a comfort. Some of us might not take it as a comfort, but it's meant to be. God's timing is different than ours. Jonah wanted destruction a long time before it came. God, I knew you'd be merciful. I knew you wouldn't destroy them. I just wish you would. Jonah didn't want to go. Cause, and you've got to look. Sometimes we give Jonah a bad rap when we look at Jonah. Like, if God told me to go to Nineveh, I would have went. So let's say your family was someone broke into your house and kidnapped half of your family and killed some of them and took the rest as slaves. And God tells you, go preach the gospel to them. I want them to get saved. You want them to get saved? I would like them to burn. Oh, I know, you're, better, you're a better Christian than I am. I, fi- I forgot, I forgot who, who I was in the room with tonight. You would have a better attitude than me. No, I would be, I want revenge. God says, Jonah, just calm down. Go preach to them. And many got saved. Revival bre- The whole city got saved. Revival breaks out. But you got to remember something. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God gave them mercy at first. But church, may I just remind you tonight, trust God's timing. This might be a shocker to you, but God really does know what he's doing. And he knows so much better than we do. And I know there are times where we look and we think to ourselves, I really know what's best. I really know. No, we don't. He does. Hey, Lord, why don't you just wipe out this virus so things can go back to normal? It will be gone when he wants it gone. And he doesn't need a vaccine to do it. He can do it how he wants to. God, I really wish you would just step into my life and fix this situation. God's timing is different than ours. And I want you to remember, God is never late. He's never early. He's right on time. And may I remind you of something, church? None of us are ever on time. If you were on time, that would mean you would somehow magically sit in your tonight at six o'clock and zero zero seconds that would be on time you're either early or you're late the only one right on time is the lord every single time that's where it comes down to this fact of just trusting him he does know what he's doing
Why is it so hard for us to trust him? I honestly, I look at myself so often. Why do I have such a hard time trusting him? If I trust him for salvation, which is the biggest decision, and the hardest thing for God to do for me. You know, him helping me out financially when I need it, or helping out in different situations, that's a piece of cake compared to keeping my soul forever. Why don't we trust him? We got to trust him. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, rest upon his promise. And just to know, thus saith the Lord Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. We need his grace. The book of Nahum completes the rest of Jonah. God always takes care of things. He's so good to us. I think we should sing that song tonight. Can you see if the words, I know, Joe, we've redone everything back there. Let's just see if the words come up. Tis so, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. It's probably not going to have a background behind it or anything. It's probably just going to be words if we have it. Oh, look at that. It came up. Good. Let's sing it together. Let's just sing it. Let's stand together and we'll sing it. Brother Jay, you want to come lead it and then have a word of prayer when you're done. We'll be on our way tonight. Oh, let me get, uh, I got a couple of announcements. So sing this and then I'll give announcements and pray. Thank you.